make our hearts or this season more holy. Does nothing to make our hearts or this season more holy. The truth is, Christmas is not our birthday at all. Christmas is Jesus' birthday. (laughs) Jesus is God's gift to us, the greatest gift that, that anyone could ever, ever receive. The question is, what gift do we give? What gift do we bring to the greatest gift the world has ever known? What is the best kind of gift for Jesus? For Jesus. How we live out the answer to that question will have a lot to do with making the holidays truly holy days. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there. Grow us, transform us by the power of your Holy Spirit that we might bear fruit for you and your kingdom. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25. Uh, Verses uh, 31 through 40, I invite you to listen for God's word. Now when the human one comes in his majesty and all his angels are with him, he will sit on his majestic throne. All the nations will be gathered in front of him. He will separate them from each other as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right side, but the goats he will put on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who will receive good things from my father, inherit the kingdom that was prepared for you before the world began. I was hungry and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothes to wear. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then those who are righteous will reply to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you as a stranger and welcome you or naked and give you clothes to wear? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? Then the king will reply to them, I assure you that when you have done it for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you have done it for me. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, this scripture passage is not what most people would consider to be a kind of Christmas passage. Uh, In context, the passage comes towards the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, um, just before his passion. He's kind of giving his disciples a last discourse. He's just told several parables uh, about when when he will return in glory uh, to judge the world, about when the kingdom is fully present on earth as it is in heaven, and about being prepared for this. Uh, but that, that it's going to be a surprise. And so Jesus continues in this line of teaching with his disciples by talking about judging the nations based on some very specific criteria. How we treat, how we treated the least of these. The least of these. Feed the hungry. Give the thirsty something to drink. Welcome the stranger. Clothe the naked. Take care of the sick. Visit those in prison. That's what Jesus wants for his birthday. That's Jesus' wish list. Can you imagine maybe how surprised the disciples would have been at first hearing Jesus begin this teaching, talking about separating sheep from goats and him mentioning, and I was hungry and you gave me food and I was a stranger and you welcomed me. 
they've been with him for almost three years at this point. I can imagine them kind of looking nervously around at each other and thinking, of, wait, wait when, did, when did we see Jesus in these kind of predicaments or, or situations? And then Jesus makes his meaning crystal clear. Whatever you have done for one of the least of these, you have done for me. I was hungry and you gave me something to drink. I was thirsty and you gave uh, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I, I was sick and you and you took care of me and, and I was naked and you gave me clothes and I was in prison and you visited me. In other words, you cannot separate your relationship with God from your responsibility for and care for God's people. Just like you can't separate the Christ in Christmas from the Christ in your brother and sister in need. Just like you can't have the holy and holidays without seeing the inherent sacredness of each and every human being. I think this image uh, makes that point pretty well. I, I saw it on a pastor friend's Facebook page this week and I thought it, had just, it was just the right amount of holy and true with a little bit of subtle snarkiness. Want to keep the Christ in Christmas? Feed the hungry, comfort the afflicted, love the outcast, forgive the wrongdoer, inspire the hopeless. Want to keep the holy in holidays? Want to make this season really about Jesus and not ourselves? Want to know what the best kind of gift is? I was hungry and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothes to wear. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Love the least of these. That's how we give to Jesus and for Jesus. Jesus wants us in service to others. It, it really shouldn't surprise us. This truth that whatever we do for those in need, we, we do for Jesus it shouldn't surprise us that Jesus is found among the least and the last and the lonely and the lost and the forgotten and the vulnerable. After all, at the center of Christmas is the incarnation, this truth that God put on flesh to be with us in the person of Jesus Christ. If God came to us in a baby, should we be surprised that God also comes to us as a refugee, as someone without food or clothing or home, as someone in prison, as someone sick? Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote, He, Jesus, comes in the form of the beggar, the dissolute human child in ragged clothes asking for help. He confronts you and every person you meet. As long as there are people, Christ will walk the earth as your neighbor. As I was reading this passage this week and planning for the sermon, something reminded me of a musical that I was a part of when I was a child at my home church in Greensboro growing up. And the name of it was Something's Up Down in Bethlehem. And I still remember some of the songs. It's crazy. So many years later. And I remembered enough about it to say, you should look at that because I think it has something to do with this scripture passage. And so I, I, I looked, I Googled it on YouTube and there was some random church in Memphis that had posted it on YouTube. So I was able to watch the whole thing again. And it was so meaningful for me. I, I became uh, quite emotional at some point. Some of it was nostalgia, I think. And some of it was just recognizing, wow, this actually is a really beautiful uh, story. 
It's about a, a young shepherd boy named Reuben, and Reuben is not like the other shepherds. He, he spends his time counting the stars instead of counting sheep, and he's always in school uh, while his friends are watching the sheep, learning about the Hebrew scriptures. And, and one night, he suspects something big is happening in nearby Bethlehem because he sees a, a star, and he knows that from his, from his studying that, that a star means that a savior king is born. And despite his shepherd pals ridiculing, Reuben says, you know what? I've got to set out tonight to see this star, uh, to see, where, to see the, the new king. That's what I want. I, I want to see this new savior king. And so he sets out. And on the way, he encounters a woman who is cold and needs a coat to stay warm. And, and Reuben shows her kindness and gives her his, his blanket. A little while later, he runs into a thirsty traveler on the road. Again, Reuben shows this sojourning traveler kindness. He gives him his, his water to drink. It's getting late in the day at this point, and back in the, in the hills outside of town, Reuben's shepherd friends are suddenly visited by angels from heaven, proclaiming that the Messiah has been born in Bethlehem, and sheepish, no pun intended, they realize Reuben has been right all along. Reuben has been right all along. And so they decide to, to quickly get to Bethlehem themselves so they can see this, this baby, this Messiah who was born. Back in the town, Reuben sees a, a beggar woman. She says she has no family and no friends in this place and nowhere to stay. So Reuben takes her to a local inn, asks the innkeeper to put her in a room. The innkeeper says, we don't have any, but... Uh, here, are a couple of, here are a couple of blankets to stay warm. There's, a, there's an overhang in the back. You're welcome, to, you're welcome to sleep there, which they do. And, and, and the next morning, much to his great disappointment, Reuben sees that the star is gone. He's devastated. All he wanted was to see the Messiah. Soon he bumps into his shepherd friends. Of course, they're all excited, and they tell him, Reuben, you were right all along, and we were visited by angels in the fields, and they told us that the Messiah was born in Bethlehem, and, we, and we're here, and we saw him. Reuben, did you get to see him? Reuben says, no, he's, he's missed it all. He can't believe it. And then an angel appears and, and tells Reuben that he, he didn't miss the Savior King. She reminds him of the woman he gave a coat to, the man that, that Reuben had given a drink of water to, the beggar he gave a place to stay. And the angel sings, God bless you, my child, for you have been a blessing. Jesus is smiling upon you this day, for you gave him kindness when he was in need by showing love to the least of these. And then the narrator in the background says, and the king will say to those on his right, whatever you did for one of the least of these, you did for me. And then the story, the play, the musical closes with Reuben and the shepherds rejoicing together that they all, in fact, had seen the king that night. You can't separate the Christ in Christmas from the Christ in, in your brother and sister in need. You want the holidays to be holy days? You want to know what the best kind of gift is helping or serving those in need. In fact, what if we did something crazy, I mean crazy, like spend at least the same amount of money giving to those in need or to groups that help those in need as we do on presents? 
What if we did something crazy like some type of advent calendar thing where instead of getting something little every day, we gave something little or served in some small way instead? Or what if we did something crazy like put just as much time and energy into Jesus' wish list each Christmas as we put into our own or others? Now, we have to be careful here. We have to be careful. In our efforts to, to love and serve the least of these, we can't fall into the wrong motivation. Charity is not some kind of form of holiday entertainment, a type of tourism where we can go and observe poverty or an injustice uh, from behind the safe space of a serving line or a credit card and then leaving feeling better about our own circumstances. It isn't to be some kind of Christmas therapy it isn't a way to manufacture thankfulness as a result of comparing our situation to the situation of the people that we're trying to help. It isn't something that we do this time of year in concentration to make up for the other times of the year when we don't. That's not what Jesus has in mind at all with this list. We love and serve the least of these because they are the least of these, because they're people. And when we do, because Jesus is there, we serve him too. If we want the holidays to be holy days, we need to focus on the real kinds of gifts and who they are for. Back in 2008, many of you may remember this, a Long Island Walmart worker died after an out-of-control mob of frenzied shoppers stormed through the doors and trampled him. Roughly 2,000 people had gathered outside of the doors uh, in the pre-dawn darkness, chanting, push the doors in. The crowd pressed against the glass as the clock ticked down to 5 a.m. opening. And it was time the, the shopping stampede plunged the store into chaos, knocking employees to the ground. There were people climbing on top of vending machines to get out of the way. And when the madness ended, 34-year-old Jimitai Damore was dead. And four shoppers, including a pregnant mother, had been taken to the hospital, all in the name of Christmas shopping. But not Jesus. Contrast that with another story. At the church where I previously served, there was a, a girl named Emmy who was six at the time, and she would come with her mother every Monday morning to the church who did a Monday morning community breakfast. Uh, and uh, the church hosted, and, and she would sit with her friends there, she called them unsheltered people, housing insecure individuals, working poor, and members from First UMC. One day in, the, in late fall that year, I received an email from her mother, Emmy's mother. It said that Emmy had repeatedly asked her uh, if they could let some of her friends stay at their house because she was afraid they were going to be cold that winter. After some back-and-forth conversation with her six-year-old, trying to explain to her why they couldn't just have everybody come and live with them, she decided that if they couldn't live with her, she could collect socks and blankets for them. And so that's what she did. And Emmy shared her idea with her teacher, her elementary school teacher. The uh, elementary school teacher was so moved that she invited the whole class to participate. In the teacher's lounge, the teacher shared what her class was doing. Uh, and the principal was so moved that the whole school decided to become involved in the drive. Can we set up a couple of bins in the church to collect blankets and socks, the email concluded. All in the name of Christmas, serving. And I can't help but think that Jesus 
was smiling. I was hungry and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothes to wear. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Friends, if we want the the holidays to be holy days, we need to take Jesus' words to heart. We need to take the truth of the incarnation to heart. This season, we need more of him and less of us. We need more for him and less for us. Which needs we need, we need more for the least of these. Jesus wants us in service to others, not just this Christmas, but all the time. We give to Jesus when we sacrifice of our time, our talents, our resources to meet others' needs in his name. That's what he wants. That's what makes these days and every day more holy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ Jesus also promises to meet us here at this table with this bread and this cup. Christ Jesus invites all 